Don Mockles, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 77, for the week of June 23rd, 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, June 23rd, the moon is nearly full and up for the whole night. The moon is going to be full on Thursday, June 24th. This week, you will see the moon rising in your southeastern sky each evening. The full moon is opposite the sun in the sky, and with the sun far north as it was during the first day of summer last Sunday, that means the full moon is far south. By next Tuesday, June 29th, The moon will be 70% full and rising near local midnight. On June 28th and June 29th, the moon passes south of Saturn and Jupiter. Venus is that bright object in the western sky after sunset. It is more or less on the far side of the sun from us, 1.5 times farther from us as is the sun. In a telescope, it appears gibbous between half and full, mostly full, and still rather small, 11 arc seconds in size. It will be getting closer to us over the next few months. The planet Mars passes through the Beehive Cluster M44 on Wednesday, June 23rd and Thursday, June 24th. This would look great in binoculars or a telescope, and it's also an excellent photo opportunity. Shortly after Venus sets, Mars rises in the east, and this is followed an hour later by Jupiter. The nova in Hercules that we discussed last week has faded to about magnitude 10 to 11. Last week, I put together a map to find it. It is Podcast 76, Map 3. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week, which for our purposes begins Wednesday, June 23rd through Tuesday, June 29th? This week we have seven zones. All you need to know is your latitude. We always start in the north and work our way south. North of 50 degrees north, forget it. No International Space Station this week. From 38 to 50 degrees north, the ISS will be in your morning sky, but only for the second half of the week. Between 22 and 38 degrees north, the International Space Station will be in your morning sky all week long, and on some mornings you can see it twice. Between 10 and 22 degrees north, it will be in your morning sky, but only for the first part of the week. As we get to the equatorial area, from 30 degrees south through 10 degrees north, you'll not be able to see the ISS at all this week. 
from 40 degrees south to 30 degrees south. The ISS is in your evening sky, but only for the first part of the week. South of 40 degrees south, the ISS is in your evening sky all week long, sometimes twice per night. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. You can also find at heavens-above.com the location of the Chinese space station known as Tiny One. Extra credit if you see both the ISS and Tiny One on the same night. Sometimes you hear someone say, wow, I can see my house from outer space. I think what is more amazing is that I can see outer space from my house. Now for the astral class. Binoculars and how to use them for astronomy. Let's imagine it's raining outside and you want to catch some rain in a bottle. So you take an empty plastic water bottle outside and stand there waiting for it to fill. Guess what? It will take a long time. The bottle opening is very small. Now you wonder, is, is there a way to speed this up? So you run into the house and come out with a funnel. Stick the small end of the funnel into the bottle, and now you're getting somewhere. Use a bigger funnel, and now you get even more water. That's just an illustration. You do not really need to do that. But now we are going to relate the rain to light, light from stars, and the bottle is your eye. You go out at night and look up at the sky. Light from the sky enters your eyes. How much light? Only as much as can enter your eyes, which means the pupils of your eyes, and that's about one-third inch, or about eight millimeters in diameter for each eye. You can receive that much light and no more. But wait, there is more. What if you could shove more light into your eye? Instead of a funnel, we have an optical instrument that takes light entering a large area and squeezes it down to a small area. That is what a telescope and binoculars do. The front of the instrument is called the aperture, and the larger it is, the more light it gathers. Both telescopes and binoculars do this very well. Next week, we will talk about telescopes and how to use them. This week, we discuss binoculars. Almost every household has a pair of binoculars. They can be used for astronomy. Yes, a telescope is the icon of astronomy, and it looks cool. And those getting into the hobby of astronomy believe that a telescope is a thing to have to really get it going. I suggest that if you are interested in astronomy, learn your way around the sky and use a pair of binoculars to find and observe things. Then, if you're still interested in going farther, buy a telescope. When I taught the adult education astronomy class at Sierra College in Northern California, a six-week course, 
On the second week, I had the students bring their binoculars to the classroom. By the end of the evening, they were using them to find astronomical objects. They were impressed with what they could do. That's what I want us to do this week. I have prepared a map, Podcast 77, Map 3, of targets I want you to find with binoculars this week. Do that to become familiar with using your binoculars. Many of you already have binoculars, so let's get them out and look them over. The big end has the objectives. That's where the light comes in. The small end has the eyepieces. That's what you look through. They come in different aperture sizes, magnifications, and fields of view. You can tell the aperture size and magnification by reading the numbers stamped on the housing near one of the eyepieces. It will say something like 7x35 or 7x50 or 10x50 or 20x80. The first number indicates the magnification or power. Many binoculars are of 7 power, while some have 8, 10, 11, 15, or 20. The higher the magnification, the larger the objects will appear. Now, the disadvantages of high magnification are a smaller field of view and a heavier instrument. The second number indicates the aperture, or lens size, in millimeters. Roughly 25 millimeters is equal to 1 inch. So 7 by 35s have front lenses about 1.5 inches across, while 7 by 50s have lenses 2 inches across, and 20 by 80s have front lenses more than 3 inches across. With a larger aperture, you can see fainter objects, but such binoculars are also heavier. You can also see fainter objects with 20 by 80 binoculars than with 7 by 35 binoculars. In addition, powers above 8 generally need a tripod to support them for steady views. Don't feel bad if you don't have the most powerful or largest binoculars. All of them gather more light than your eye. And with any binoculars, you can see better than with the unaided eye. Let's learn to use what we have to see what we can see. The two barrels usually pivot along a center hinge so that you can adjust the distance between the barrels to match the spacing between your eyes. So do that now. Hold the eyepieces near your eyes and adjust the distance between them so each eye is centered over the center of an eyepiece. In a few minutes, we will fine-tune this adjustment. Now look closely at the eyepieces. If both of them rotate, then look through them at a distant object and rotate the eyepieces until they are in focus. Most binoculars operate this way. If only one eyepiece rotates, for example, the right one, then your binocular should also have a thumb wheel on the central stem that adjust both eyepieces. So this is how we're going to focus this type of binoculars. Look through the binoculars at a distant object and turn the thumb wheel on the central hinge until the left eye is in focus.
Then rotate the right eyepiece until the right eye is focused. Now to refocus on a closer object, you need only rotate the center thumb wheel to refocus. If you wear eyeglasses and do not have much astigmatism, remove your eyeglasses and refocus. This will allow you to see the whole field of view. I am nearsighted. I do not see distant objects well, well, beyond seven inches, without wearing glasses. My corrective lenses are about a minus five dioplers. With most of my binoculars, refocusing them does not quite bring things back into focus, so I am stuck with wearing glasses frequently. The eyepieces need to go in further than what the manufacturers allow. Now, fine-tune the hinge that adjusts the distance between the two eyepieces until the scene you are peering at merges into one image. If you are seen double, then the barrels of the binoculars are not aligned with each other. They are in need of repair, and we'll cover that in a few minutes. It is important to hold the binoculars steady. A tripod does the job, but can make it difficult to move freely around the sky. They do make special tripods for binoculars, which both hold steady and allow free movement to any part of the sky. For handheld binoculars, try holding them near the far end of the barrel near the objectives, and let the eyepieces gently rest on your eye sockets. Another way of handling binoculars is to rest your arms on the hood or roof of your vehicle, or if you are lying down looking more or less straight up, rest your arms on a pillow. If you wish to buy binoculars, make sure they can be returned if they fail your field test. This is more than just looking out the window of the store into the parking lot. Take them out on a clear night and look at some stars. When fully focused, the stars should appear as points of light when they are in, this, are in the center of the field of view. At the very edge of the field of view, they may blur a bit, and this is normal. Also make sure that a bright star produces no ghost images and that it is not multicolored when viewed overhead. Sometimes you'll find colors in stars when viewing the objects near the horizon, but when they're up overhead, they should not have multicolors. If they fail, take them back and try another pair or model. If you have an older pair of binoculars and, and they show double, double images, that is, they are not aligned, there's a few things to try. First, make sure the distance between the eyepieces is the same as the distance between your eyes. Look at an object and adjust the center hinge. If you still have a problem, you can send them in for repair. Some places do repair and realign binoculars. It requires, usually, adjusting the prisms in the binoculars. Each light path generally has two prisms. I have taken my 20 by 80 binoculars apart in an attempt to realign them, then put them back together only to have them no better than before. Fooling around with the prisms without having an alignment booth to test them while reassembling is nearly impossible. A cheap and easy way 
to try to adjust them yourself is to rotate one of the two barrels holding the objectives. Some binoculars have at least one of the objectives offset in the barrel, and by rotating it you can move the image a bit in reference to the other side. If this does not work, and you do not want to send it somewhere to be realigned, you can always put a lens cap over either one of the objectives and use it as a monocular, holding both barrels to your eye but being able to see through only one. The other option is to take the binoculars apart, undoing the center hinge, so that now you have two monoculars. Now the misalignment is not a problem. Each half can be used by itself. And I've seen some amateur astronomers use the monocular as a finder scope for their telescope. Our assignment for this week is to use Podcast 77 Map 3 Binocular Targets and find these objects in the sky. The map is drawn for this weekend, Saturday, June 26, from mid-northern latitudes. We will practice finding things in the sky, and at first, it might be difficult. I remember once when my sister, my mom, and I were looking at a nearly full moon with binoculars, and my mom was looking at an adjacent streetlight rather than the moon. So it does take practice, and this project will help. Podcast 77 Map 3 has certain bright stars and objects marked by numbers and a dash. Begin in the west about a half an hour or so after sunset and work your way around the sky. Then do it again. If you stay out until moonrise and watch moonrise through the binoculars, you will not be disappointed. Go through these objects several times. That will help you learn to aim the binoculars. See if you can find all of them in under one minute. A note about each object. Our first object is Venus. It should appear as a bright star-like object. You might also see some ghost images or reflection images in the field because it is such a bright object. Mars is not very bright now, but the open cluster M44 should be in the area perhaps just below Mars. Regulus is a bright white star in Leo, 77 light years away. Our next target is a star Spica. It's a blue-white star in Virgo, 262 light years away. And these stars should all look like tiny points of light when in the center of the field of view. And Teres is a red giant in Scorpius. Look for the faint star cluster M4, 1.2 degrees to the west, which would probably be the right. Altair is a blue-white star in Aquila, 17 light years away. Higher up, we have the star Vega. It's a blue star. It's in Lyra. It's 25 light years away. Deneb is one of the more distant bright stars. It's a blue star in Cygnus. It's 3,200 light years away. Then we head north to Polaris, the North Star, 49th brightest star in the sky. It's not real bright, but it is the North Star, 430 light years away. Now we're going to go to the middle star 
in the handle of the Big Dipper. It's actually a double star, very close together. With your binoculars, hold very steady, you might be able to see two stars. Arcturus is a yellow star in Bodies. It's nearly overhead, and sometimes these objects overhead are hard to find in binoculars. Next, we have an open star cluster, M11. It will appear fuzzy in binoculars. You probably will not see the individual stars. Then we have M13, a globular star cluster. It's rather small in binoculars, and it will appear as an out-of-focus star. Finally, moon. Watch the moon rise through binoculars. Next week, I'll discuss telescopes and how to use them. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? The moon is full on Thursday, June 24th and enters the morning sky. Mars passes through the open star cluster M44 on Wednesday, June 23rd. Become familiar with your binoculars and use them to find our binocular targets this week. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 77 for June 23, 2021. I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com, two H's. That's where you will find the handouts. You can contact me at DonTheAstronomer at gmail.com. Once again, it's DonTheAstronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss what's up in the sky. We will talk about telescopes and how to use them. We will also observe some globular star clusters in our evening sky. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.